Recording in progress. I love the notice that comes up because it's like, you can either say yes, or you can eject yourself from the meeting. It does not come up for me. And you said that in the beginning of the last recording we just did also. And I did not know what you meant until just now. Yeah. So it pops up and it says recording in progress. And the pop-up is like, you can click got it or leave meeting. Oh, that's so funny. It gives you the option to be like, fuck you. And you're recording. Bailing. Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay. So are we ready to blow some minds today and talk about some deep shit and situations? Deep shit, some some deep shit and situations. Ooh, situations. Deep situations. Situations. (laughs) Yeah, let's go. What do you got for me today? All right. Grab your weed. Grab your wine. Grab your weed. Grab your wine. And so let's talk about today. Some sibling resentments. Oh, oh, hot button topic. Is it? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think it's more of a realization type of opportunity for us. Yeah. So on a previous recording that we did, we had this whole conversation and a realization happens in that conversation. I think for both of us that we hadn't had before. Mm-hmm. So we were talking and that's <laughs> what we doing. do here. <laughs> so we were talking and how many times can I say that that's what we were doing? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the situation. The subject was some of your experience of trying to assert yourself as an adult, young adult, like late teen, early twenties, very, very young adult. Not that you're not still a young adult because you are young and Thank adult-like. You. <laughs> adult-like. <laughs> um, but seriously though, um, so when you're your very first entrance into legal adult level upness, there was a struggle <laughs> that you seemed to <laughs> go through. For trying to assert yourself as an adult and make that transition, particularly with me and dad, because you were still a kid to us and we were very overbearing and overprotective. I am still a bit overbearing and overprotective. And not as much anymore. A bit, I say, kind of tongue in cheek. I'm still pretty overbearing. So in that particular conversation that we were having, I kind of realized that you, there was probably some jealousy on your side for like, people aren't taking me seriously and they're not recognizing me as an adult. And my sister, meaning me has been (laughs) treated like an adult and being, and being able to make decisions since, since childhood. since she was like 13, like she was making decisions. Not only I was making decisions for not only myself, but for you, for me. Yeah. As a child, like while I was still a child, I was put in adult situations, having to make adult decisions, not adult decisions, assault Assault decisions. No, I was making adult decisions Uh, often as young as 10 years old, really. Um, But things really amped up around 13 where things were like, 
you're a grown up now and that's how you're going to be treated. I know for myself, I certainly had resentments for grownups when they treated me like a child because I was like, uh, uh-uh, you can't like pick and choose when I get to be a grown up and mm-hmm. I have to make these important decisions. And yeah, when, when you're going to be like for you. <laughs> right. And then be like, oh, but you need to be home by 10 o'clock. No. Right. <laughs> like you need to have a curfew, but also you need to raise your sister. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, like, wow. that, like there was such a duality there and it was very hard yeah. for me. So I had realized that some of your, uh, some of the times where I felt like you were being a little extra with your trying to assert yourself as a grown up, it, it, there may have been some even unconscious jealousy because you weren't being treated with the same seriousness that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And on the flip side of that, in a conversation that I had with our uncle, um, he said it probably went both ways too. There was probably some resentment both ways. And that kind of sprung a time for me where I distinctly remember I was actually out somewhere with Linda and she said, but she's only 20 something, however old you were at the time. She's only 20 something. And I was like, yeah, but when I was her age, I was doing Mm. blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And there was an, and, and there was still that. Yeah, but you're you. So like, and (sighs) so there's so much of that, like when I'm 13 and I'm making certain decisions and I'm like, well, when I was her age, I was doing this, that mostly we can say, yeah, but that was not appropriate. And that's not what 13 year olds should be doing. But in my, but in your early twenties, there were times when I'd be like, well, when I was her age, there are certain things that I was doing that were appropriate age wise. And you were not held to that same expectation that so, I had so, some resentment on towards. So, so like what? I don't remember. Exactly. I know that's a lot. To, I know. <laughs> I know. So it was sort of this realization that, that I had to come to today to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. there was, there were times when I definitely had that resentment that you didn't have to be held to the same level that I was. Yeah. And I guess for me on my side, it was, it's more of like, I had the resentment that I was treated like a child and given more boundaries and less, um, control, control over my life, you know, and, and decision-making over myself. Yeah. Which totally, I subconsciously had that going on. I think, you know, there was a point where I even, that was probably brought to light to me in the past too, you know, but when you said it the other day, when we were talking, I, yeah, had never really framed it that way. So that's, that's a new realization for me too. And I, I think that that's, that's a reflection on how we were treated so differently as mm-hmm. kids, you know, and, and adults, because you, I think you yeah, also said yeah, the other day, like adults. you, do, you still don't feel like you get a level of respect as an adult. Oh, from yeah, I some do. of our grownups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm still treated like a child in many ways. I also see the thing is the thing that's crazy about that is that I kind of see why, but I don't agree. You know what I mean? Like, 
I see, I understand some of the perspectives um, that could be happening that make people treat me a certain way. Uh, but then the thing is like, such as, well, like, okay. So to the outside, <clears throat> choosing teaching yoga as a career was very, uh, it was hard for some of our grownups <laughs> <laughs> to, to digest and support. It's a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Because, right. Because they looked at it as a hobby and, and one of them really invested everything into me becoming a yoga teacher. That's <laughs> the whole reason I was able to become a yoga teacher. That same person said to me, you're never going to be able to make this a full-time thing. And I was like, yeah, Why like did you I invest in this then if mm-hmm. you didn't believe in me. Yeah. You know, so it was like, but okay. So for me, it's like, okay. And then these people believe in me and they all think I'm crazy because I'm like embarking on this thing and I'm leaving a secure kind of career. You know, I was teaching kids with autism and it was, it was a okay job. It wasn't great though. You know, I was miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I didn't love kids and what I was doing, but there were a lot of other elements to it. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, the lifestyle wasn't for me either, you know, that full-time lifestyle, I'm not able to be my best self, you know, working a nine to five Monday through Friday. I am actually a horrible version of myself, which I I rediscovered recently (laughs) by working that full-time job. Um, And I'm just, I'm not really wired for that. So I do need to make a full-time income with the freedom of making my schedule flexible. And yoga allows me to do that when, you know, once I build up my, build up my teaching schedule, my client base and all of that, like I was really successful at, you know, in New Jersey with that. I did really well. And then of course I moved to California right before the world shut down. And so that's, that was on hold for a long time. So it's, it's starting back up again, Mm -hmm. but I do understand that that is a foreign concept to the people in our lives that are older than us, because for them, it was, you couldn't get a good job. Like for our grandparents, you know, they couldn't get a good job if they didn't go to college. I I mean, that is the story that they were told. There were other, there are other ways, there were other ways to make money, but there, but that was like your best route, you know? And so when I did that, you know, I did all that. I went to college and I went that that college career route. And it wasn't for me. I think that scared a lot of people, but I was treated. I felt like I was treated like a child in that sort of, in that scenario. There is certainly for you and your lifestyle. I hate framing it that way because that sounds so judgmental and bigotry filled, but I'm not meaning it that way. It doesn't sound that way to me. (laughs) Okay. So there, there is certainly to the choices that you've made with how your life is going to go, um, a lack of conformity into the Mm -hmm. model that the rest of us have bought into and said, this is what, uh, this is the sacrifice that we need to make. We need to have careers, whether we like them or not. We need to work full time because we have responsibilities and we have families that we need to take care of. And this is because this is how it's done, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And their values are 
um, a certain lifestyle, right? A certain way of living um, and their values are family and raising their family because, you know, that is the way they were raised. That's the kind of lifestyle that they adopted. I'm included in that. That is my lifestyle. That is what, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because uh, you keep saying they and they're sorry. Adults. Yeah, I, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I am. I am absolutely included in that. In that, you know, I've bought into this. I have, I have a job, and I don't love it all the time. There are, I, particularly right now, I'm kind of enjoying it because I'm getting a lot of recognition. I'm doing mm-hmm. a lot of really great things, and I, I love that. Um, and I really like my boss right now. Um, which has not always been the case. So I'm in, I know I love that. I love that for you. So I'm in a place where I really like my job right now, but there have absolutely been times where I've been like, Oh my God, I hate this. I don't want to go through with this, but that's not what's important. What's important is that in my adult life, can I take care of the responsibilities that I need to take care of? And can I provide my child with a life where she doesn't have to worry about grown up things the way I did as a child? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't have to worry that the TV is not going to work unless there's some glitchy thing with the fire stick, like, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm sure for her is way bigger, but it's not like there, there is just that future ad sponsor. Goodbye. (laughs) I need an upgrade. I've got old ones, but anyway, yeah. Nice. I <laughs> Although I don't think Amazon is ever going to be. A sponsor. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think so either. I was just um, <laughs> if they want to, they're they and their money are welcome. Um, <laughs> I certainly sponsor them financially in a whole bunch of ways. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, there's not a concern for her that she's gonna not have dinner tonight, that there's not going to be, I mean, there, I, also to be fair, there she does live with a concern where we don't know if she's gonna have this particular brand of pancake because we've got supply chain issues and they weren't in the grocery <laughs> store. So I'm sure she's gonna make that oh, into, but like that problem. is her trauma versus- oh, whether or not there's actually going to be food on the table. Right. Uh, Versus Mm -hmm. like, I remember a time of going to the church and getting food Mm -hmm. to fill our pantries and getting insignificant amount of trouble for eating too many, making my sandwich with too many slices of Mm -hmm. um, lunch meat because that lunch meat needed to last us a whole week. And I had too much of it in one sandwich. Um, so like there, there's, there's delicacies. And for me, it's more important that my child not have to worry. How are you paying the bills? Now there is also, there's a duality to that too, because there's also a, like, let's teach her responsibility. And so she's not entitled and mommy has to work. Do you like having a place to sleep at night? (laughs) Like, do you like being able to come inside when it's cold? (laughs) You yeah. need to have a house to live in. Mommy needs work because she does get a little bit like you work too much. And I'm like, you that's the perception because I work at home and you go to school for less hours than I have to work. You do work too much. I, I do work too much. But I, do, 
but I do stop working. So So you do spend time with her. Like a lot of the time that you're working, she's asleep to be fair. Like the weeks that you have her, like, let me just make that clear. Yeah. So when she is home and I pick her up from school, I'm also going to like, my job offers a lot of flexibility in that I pick her up Mm -hmm. at two o'clock in the afternoon and I might have a meeting when we get home, like at three o'clock, because I've sat in the car line for a while. I've gotten her snacks. I've got her set up. I'm like, okay, I have a meeting from three to four. And she's like, you work too much. I'm like, it's not even five o'clock, child. And oh, well, I've I'm- already picked you up, played a game with you, gotten you <laughs> snacks, got you set up with the TV and said, I need to work for an hour. Yeah. And then we can play a game. And I play board games. And there, there are times when I don't work from two until she goes to bed at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to, also that's a whole new format too. I mean, the first five years of her life, you were going to an office and you were not yes. doing the work, you know, you weren't, I don't think you were working from home at all. Like even at night, no. but the weeks that you didn't have her, you would stay until stay like 10 or still. 11 o'clock at night. And I know that because you would call me on your walk to the, garage to the car and be like, in case I get so addicted, you can call the police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you just say? Addicted? Abducted. 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 You can call the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so then when the world shut down, you know, and you started working from home, her perception probably changed from that because she also started going to school from home. So she just saw you working all the time. All the time. So that perception definitely had to shift for her. And so now she's still kind of dealing with that because you're still working from home and she, but she is going to school now. So she got that shift and, and you didn't. Right. And she's like, just play with me. And, yeah. to, be, and to be completely honest, the amount of work that I get, I got done took so much longer where it looks like I'm sitting at my desk so much more than I used to because there are so many breaks in the work because she's here. Like what I could get done in an hour takes two hours when you have a kid and yeah. down and interrupt you all the time. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Um, so there has been a lot of flexibility, flexibility and grace that I've been given through my work. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I will sign on and I will work from eight, nine o'clock at night till midnight, one, two, three, sometimes, you know, because Mm -hmm. I, I took that time during the day to spend time with my kid. Yeah. And I love that about my job. And I, I fully feel and recognize that that's that I'm okay with that because I'm a night person. It's, it's okay that I have to do that sometimes. And I don't have any resentment towards my job for that. Um, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's not like the optimal sleeping schedule. I I am tired. I am absolutely tired. I am worn down. Yeah. Um, And, and so for me, like I could never handle that. Like I could never. And right. You would not want to conform to that. At no, all, and to I can't even hours. conform to the regular hours without like having a kid and having to break it up and having to do all of that that you do. And I know not not everybody does that, but like either scenario is I'm saying is like I am 
that would be like too much for me. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> she just had like a an idea. I did. I just down. <laughs> I saw she really her face lit up and everything. I'm um, trying not to interrupt your thoughts. No, but... it's okay. It was so cute. <laughs> so hard and working on not interrupting you yeah that's something that we that we both have to work on and and like I said we were just talking on the phone too and I like I said before that's a common theme in in podcasting yes Um, so finish your thoughts so that I can circle back to okay (laughs) my memory of something I wanted to say earlier so either scenario either way you know I, I either way if I were to work the eight hours 40 hour a week lifestyle, either the way you do it or, you know, consecutive eight hours a day. It's just, it's just not, you know, I cannot operate on sleeping for three to five hours a night. You know, I need eight to 10 at the minimum. But then again, you know, if I go over 10, that's probably too much. It's like a very fine line. (laughs) Anyway, I found that when I was working a full-time job, you know, most recently I was, I had no time, like, for other responsibilities, you know, in my life. And because I was so tired, I was so tired. That's just not, I can't operate optimally in that, in that way. I wasn't getting enough sleep anyway. Like there were other elements contributing to my lack of sleep. And there was extra responsibilities on my plate that I was having trouble adapting to. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I found most recently that for me, that, that lifestyle just, it just doesn't work. And it sounds, it can sound silly to people. Like you were just laughing. I don't know if you were laughing because of what I was saying or something else, but you know, it sounds silly to people. It does. And that's hard. Like, and it is hard to adjust. And that's why I get treated. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that perspective. I know why it sounds silly to people, but like, because it it is my truth. It's my, that's what grownups do. Like grownups have to, I, so we talked about my work ends with the child at home, but I still have to do laundry and dishes and cleaning and da, da, da. like all. And of- I don't know how you possibly do that. You don't have a I'm, partner. You do it all by I'm yourself. I'm a single like, parent. It's insane. <laughs> and I'm like, it's insanity. I could, I could never, it's, I, I admire you. I, I don't want to do that though. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, that's it. So I, I had a moment where I, and so this, when you were here when I had my surgery and I could hear you. So I had my surgery in February of 2021. Wow. That was almost a year ago. Monday will be one year since surgery date. And I heard you downstairs. So Guinevere was still homeschooling. This is going to be fun guys. Buckle up. (laughs) And I was laying upstairs trying so hard not to work because you wouldn't let me have my laptop. Uh, there was like a couple of points when I'd reach for my laptop and you're like, no, you're, uh, you need to not be working. You're recovering from surgery. So my laptop reasonable. was <laughs> absolutely. Um, and I was so overwhelmed by the thoughts of all the work that I was going to have when I go back. This was not when I was in a good place at work a year ago, my work mm. was not in the place that it is today. True. 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 So, wow. Wow. How much has changed in a year? Holy moly. So I was laying up in bed. 
I heard you arguing with Guinevere. Guinevere was homes was doing virtual learning and you were arguing with her about like her work that she had to do. And my thought was, oh my God, my life is really hard and Missy's trying to do it right now. And that part is just really hard. Like I should really go downstairs and give her like a, a break. And there were times when you came upstairs and I'm, I was trying to tell you, I'm like, pick your battles. Like, it's okay if this week, Guinevere just doesn't get everything done that she needs to do. I'm like tearing up a little bit. Just, just like going, that was, that was, it was, it was so hard. hard. <laughs> I was like, you're still aunt Missy. Like she, you're still fun. Aunt Missy. There is a level of your relationship that you can't, you're not going to win this battle with I, her I because she doesn't so that way. Yeah. I just felt so responsible. In, and I think you were feeling in quite that quite disrespected by her also, because she was not listening to things that you were saying and she was being adamant. And so, and I was sitting there. I, going, I, I mean, and to be fair, she's kind of rude. <laughs> she is. She is sometimes. Um, but she also just doesn't see you that way. You're not the boss of her. Like she's just like, yeah. And you know what? And I've never been, and I've never tried to be like, I've never tried to play that role. And, and mm-hmm. honestly, I'm you always, shouldn't because you're her aunt. Mm-hmm. You're not her mom. Yeah, no. And I've always been the person that like, if she wants mom, she comes to me. She feels safe coming to me and saying, I want my mommy since she was, you know, zero years Little. old. Yeah. And I, and I would bring her to her mom. Like, that's who I am. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not her disciplinary person. I'm not, you know, I'm her, I'm a place of comfort. I'm, I'm a place Mm -hmm. of like secondary comfort, you know, and like comfort and fun and fun too. Absolutely. We have a lot of fun together and we do fun things and we are goofy and, and we, and usually, you know, when we get together, we do outings and we go places Uh and experience things. And yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. And, That's something and I certainly hadn't really thought of. By a by a far extent, she adores you. So oh, yeah. seeing you in this kind of serious role was hard for her. On mm-hmm. top of that, she was also at what like so I think later in that evening, like she came upstairs and she wanted to be on the bed and snuggle me. And you were like, you were very worried about her doing that because you didn't want me to be hurt. So you were being mm-hmm. very protective of me. Yeah. And I went Cheryl on your ass. (laughs) You did. You got very overprotective. And I was like, but that's, I was like, you know what? She will figure this out. It's okay. Because if I get hurt, it's okay. My baby needs to feel secure right now. And I was yeah, like, and you did say that to me. You had, you had to, and I was, mm-hmm. you had to frame it that way for me. To be like, yeah. Oh, she okay. is really scared. This is a lot for her because her mommy has never been fragile. Yeah. So she is feeling very insecure oh. in her world right now with mommy being laid up, having had surgery, you know, like that's a very scary thing for her as yeah, a child to have to deal thing. with. And her world's a little turned upside down. So your role is changing. So that's a lot to put on her. And it's a lot to put on you. And I knew where you were coming from. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you didn't want to undermine me. I remember you telling me that too. You were like, I don't want to undermine you. And I don't want to disrespect you because I appreciate where you're coming from. And yes, she does have to do these things for school, but this is not a normal week for her. This isn't something. And if this week, some of those things kind of slide, it's okay. Yeah. But I I, do remember, 
I remember feeling like laying up in the bed and being like, cool, when I hear it <laughs> from the outside in, mm. my life is hard. Mm-hmm. And you stepping into that role, I was feeling very protective of you having to step into and you weren't doing my full-time job no <laughs> like the work at the same time Mm-mm. and uh, some of the other things that I do you weren't having to take care of no I the- was just taking care of you and her and that's a fraction of what you do and the laundry you did take care of I guess I took care of, of like everything in your life but your but your work <laughs> yeah but and uh, yeah, and absolutely all, all you said that to me too, while I was there and while we were experiencing all that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Your yeah. life is hard. This is hard. right. Cause there, when I and first I said sleeping. it, I was like, my life is real. I was like, my life is really hard. And you were like, really? Cause you're laying up in bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, that tracks. <laughs> I was like, no, I mean the life that you're <sighs> stepping in the role of right now. I understand that it's a lot. So I think there was, (laughs) and you weren't sleeping like normally do. No, you were sleeping more like me. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like, and and now you understand. I was already sleep. Ah, man, I really didn't want to understand that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I used to be such a heavy sleeper, and I could sleep through a lot. But so I was already having like sleep issues that I wasn't used to before I came there, and then. And then I'm sleeping on the couch and it's like too cold and then too hot. And then those two cats <laughs> keeping me up. Especially the night. kitten. <laughs> Especially the kitten. You're so cute. And I wanted to throw them so much. Um, <laughs> I could just strangle you. And like so one night, Nyx is outside and he, and she's meowing and meowing, meowing in the middle of the night. And I'm like, and I'm walking around in the house looking for and she's outside and I was like oh my god so like the cats were keeping me up and like I remember one night I finally I finally had gotten asleep and I had to wake up at like 3 a.m to give you a dose of medicine and like it had to be done because you were in so much pain especially if we didn't you were in pain anyway if we did so it just it had to be on the on the clock, and, if you and didn't and do I was it, adamant I wouldn't about take it, it because of I know. my position on the pain medication. I know, and I was adamant about it. I was like, "You are gonna feel so much crappier if you don't." Like I was just adamant about it and wanted to make sure that it was on time and that you were in as least pains uh, as less as I would allow you to help me to be in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> the least amount of pain possible. So. So anyway, I, this one particular night I, I was struggling so hard and I was so, and I like, I was crying a little bit and then I finally fell asleep and I wound up having like this awful dream that woke me up and I had only been asleep for like an hour or something. I woke up right before the alarm went off for your medicine and I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to go bring her her medicine now. I went up there and I was trying That's the so night that you laid in with me and cried, right? Yeah, because I tried so hard to play it cool and just give you your medicine. So I was like, I'm the caretaker this time. I'm in that role right now. It's not about me and my lack of being able to sleep and me being so emotional about that. Like I was, I was like and really the wrestling dream you that. just had. Oh yeah. And I was really wrestling with that and all that. So I was really trying to play it cool and I was handing you your medicine and you were like, oh my God, babe, are you okay? And I was like, no, I just had this dream. I haven't been able to sleep. And when I finally did, I had this dream. Like, I just fell apart and, like, 
you just like opened your arms as best you could because like you couldn't right (laughs) and I had to and I really just like you wanted to hug me and like put my head on your chest and I wanted so badly to like put my head on your chest and And you couldn't and I couldn't so, so I just put my for head listeners, on your lap. <laughs> just for listeners, I had a breast reduction. So I had yeah. literal incisions across my torso. So there was no touching. There was no, no lifting. There was no my reaching. Arms. Yeah, right. There was no, uh, no ability to do there. Mobility was limited incredibly. And <laughs> it was incredibly painful. And I had literal incisions that ran a cross from one side of my chest to the other yeah it was a hefty wound man <laughs> like yeah it was and this is for another such reason minimal I was so... results I'm not gonna lie <laughs> for such minimal results oh my goodness so I've been watching so I was watching a so you know we've been we've been talking about like the playboy stuff recently oh my god yeah And so I watched something recently that was about Pamela Anderson and not the new show, Pam and Tommy, but something else that was a thing about her breast implants and what she had removed. And because she, she eventually had part of, part of, or all of, I don't know the exact specifications of her implants removed, but that I remember the doctor saying this is about, he held up like a sample of an implant. He was like, this is about two and a half pounds, which is about what Pamela Anderson had. My doctor removed. In each? In each. Oh, wow. Breast. Yeah. My doctor removed five pounds from each, each. breast. Ooh. And mm. I only went down two fucking cup sizes. Like, I was like, you And mean- you were trying to go down how many? I was hoping to go down to, I don't know how many. I was trying to go down to a double D. And what are you at now? I'm at an F. So I went from an H (laughs) to an F. I was trying to go down to a double D. (laughs) And at first, when we had, when I had the surgery, I was like, they feel so tiny. And then I went, I remember, I remember. And I was like, no, No, they're not. (laughs) Fuck, they're (laughs) not. Like, wait, this is reduced. And yeah, then and I, I feel finally I flash you at any point and be like, this is tiny. No, you definitely, you were definitely like, no, you didn't know that would have been sensitive at the time. Yeah, probably. That would have been, you were like, no, trust me. That is not what's tiny. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> they did, they felt very small. And then I went and got sized and found out I only went down two t- cup sizes and I was like, what? All of that. And I still have to custom order my bras. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Cause that was like a huge part of it. I was like, I'm not, I still can't buy off the rack. Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? Yeah. It wasn't worth it for so many reasons. But anyway, we, we can have that conversation a whole other time. Yeah, but for it, sure. But it, but it definitely was something that was like, why did it look like such a huge difference for Pam Anderson to go up half what I went down and well, what did she go from? I don't know, but I know it was two and a half pounds per breast. Yeah. Because, I mean, like if she, she went, went from like my size, like a B to a D, that's a drastic change. That's why that looks like that, you know, but going from an H to an F, it's not. 
Yeah. Why is that five pounds? I don't know. Versus two and a half pounds. So wait, so so two and a half pounds. She did. She went up two cup sizes. She. Uh, I don't know what her cup sizes were. The doctor just oh. held up the sample oh. and said this is two and a half pounds. So I don't know what her yeah, cup yeah. sizes were from start or of or ending, but okay. five pounds is two cup sizes. Okay. At my size. At your size, yeah. What happened for you specifically? <sighs> yeah. It was just more. It was more salt in the, in the womb. In the womb. In the wound. In the in the lacerations across my body is what it was. It was more oh. salt just poured on that. Oh already tender issue yeah so um earlier when you were talking and you were saying about like I'm gonna circle back here when you were talking about how you just wanted to like the lifestyle would of trying to do an a full-time work it just doesn't work for you and like you're just not interested like that's just not your it it sounds so millennial of me self-care is a full-time job (laughs) It does. It does. But I was thinking earlier how we do so much like judgment because Ooh, is this, your light bulb? this was my light bulb moment. We do so much judgment on lifestyle and things and where, so like to me, what I do, it's so easy, right? Like I'm a project manager and I did accounting work easy. and to me, I'm just like, oh, this is child's play. And right now, one of the projects that I'm working on is collecting past due from our, our, our customers and working with our customers to resolve problems so that we can get past due. And I'm like, so I look at their AR um, accounts receivable, and this is what I look at and da, 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 da. And when I talk about these things, there's so many people at work who are like, oh my God, that sounds so hard. And I'm like, this is nothing, right? Like this is easy. Mm -hmm. What sounds really hard to me are things like the worst job in the world that I can think of besides teaching, because I I can't even touch that trauma point. (laughs) It's too soon. (laughs) It's too soon after homeschool and virtual schooling. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's too soon. soon. (laughs) But like the idea of working at a place like McDonald's and having to deal with the public all the time and people's expectation is it's going to be same from location to location. So you have to do things exactly the same and you have to work with people and be on and have that customer service space all of the time. Or being a yoga teacher. (laughs) That sounds like an absolute nightmare that I am not cut out for, but nobody is going to judge me for saying, oh, I could never, I can't, I could never do that. I'm not cut out for that line of work. That's just not something that I can do. That doesn't sound bad. (laughs) That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like, uh, yeah, it's not, nobody's going to say, well, shame on you for not wanting to work at McDonald's. Uh, they're going to say, well, those people are not deserving of making a living wage. You know, like there's all that shame that's put on because it's not skilled work. And I'm like, that sounds like a lot of skill. And I couldn't do it. The thought of having yeah. to spend a day in a McDonald's and dealing with those people. Yeah. it's also like a fast paced environment and you have to get orders right and do things correctly mm-hmm. and not give people the wrong thing and not ne- ne- negate things from their orders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. The there hospitality is- industry in mm-hmm. general, yeah. when it comes to restaurant work or working in a hotel or anything hospitality related, 
Mm-hmm. Hell to the no, that's not my interest. Mm-hmm. That is hard work. I can't do that. I'm not cut out for that. And I'm not going to be shamed for that. And no one's going to shame people for not wanting to be an accountant and say, oh, well, that's hard. That's hard. And it's understandable if you don't want to spend time with spreadsheets all day and da, 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 da. So there's such a, like, uh, there, there are so many like mm. caveats to that mm-hmm. where it's like, but, and if I said, I'm not cut out to be a yoga teacher, like that just wouldn't work for me. Um, I don't have that skill set. People aren't going to shame me, but for you to say, I don't want to work a full-time job. I, like I'm not cut out for a nine to five. You get shamed for that. Yeah, totally. For sure. And we get, and we, I see that a lot with moms. There's shame of, you know, are you working and not a stay at home mom? No, I am not cut out to be a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and then stay at home moms. Well, why aren't you working? Well, because I'm prioritizing my kids yeah. and this is a full-time job, but it's not there's valued always, work. Yeah. There's always an opinion. Right. That, there's so much a ju- or a judgmental opinion. Yeah. Yeah. There's always some, there can always be a judgmental opinion perspective on what anybody is doing at any given time. And right. And I think that it's so in our lives in particular and how that's affected us and our relate. I don't know. Well, well you tell the, me, how has it affected our relationship the, the different ways that we've been treated? Well, I so guess. Uh, definitely there's a message <laughs> that's sent because I'm conforming and you're not that I'm the grown up and you're not. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so, also there was always, why can't you be better at school? Like your sister and can, why can't you get grades like your sister and blah, blah, blah. Like there was, there was stuff like that. And you've always said in reality, like, what are they even talking about? What are they talking about? Because I struggled in school. It, yeah. Was, and that was not the perception that was uh, bestowed upon me. Because I did it. Be, it, it didn't matter that it was a struggle. It's something I had to do and I was going to do it anyway. Um, whether I liked it or not to yeah, me and I was just so easy when it came to school work. and there were so many things that came easy to you that didn't come easy to me so there was a resentment to a level of you could be a fucking straight ace you could get a full ride to Harvard if you wanted to because you're brilliant and oh, smart I don't know that you could stretch, do but-, but you could have accomplished like these goals that I couldn't because certain things came easier to you and you could like, I mean, even you went to school for psychology on and childhood development and the brain. And there are so many things that you can talk about that I don't even understand and can't begin to comprehend. I'm like, you could be a fucking brain surgeon if you wanted to. <laughs> okay. Um, and you just choose not to. <laughs> no, I don't. I go, oh, wow. That was the person that was the perception. That was the perception for me. Like it comes easy for you, but you don't want to. Wow, I'm struggling really for highly it. Of me. <laughs> I think that's a little unrealistic. Okay. So you're my uncle Tom, I guess. <laughs> a totally different recording. <laughs> yeah. So there was, there was definitely a perception of things come easy to you. So you could do anything you want to do. You can do for me. It was, you always have to overcome your past. You always have to overcome your mom. You're always going to have to overcome and everything's going to be a struggle. Work your ass off so you can overcome things are going to come easy to her. And I was just like, there are advantages that she has that she just takes for granted and she doesn't want to. 
I feel like the expectation want, she doesn't want to. Well, then, and I then think there that, was super high expectations for me then, right? So I, then I had then I had all of this. I mean, and I really did, and I felt the weight of that. But I, I responded to it instead of like working hard. <laughs> I responded to it by kind of rebelling against it, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. was getting like had grades in high school as low as like. 40% and like a teacher pull me aside and be like, what the hell is going on? And me be like, all right, sorry. Because and then I pull it up you... to a 90 or whatever, you know, in a week. So yeah, I had that in algebra and I remember uncle Steve. So in, Al- in algebra, my sophomore year, I had a semester where I had like, I had like D's and then I was told we're not taking you to get your license until you bring your grades up. And I brought them up to A's. Yeah, you did. (laughs) And Uncle Steven was like, well, that was dumb because now they know you could have got that the entire time. Like you could have sandbagged that and just got bees. (laughs) Like that would have been fine. You just had to bring it up from a D and have to go all the way. (laughs) He's so funny. (laughs) And that didn't even occur to me. And that is so he's the smartest of us all, though. He's so oh, certainly. Yeah. So that was my perspective of you is you were sandbagging everything you possibly could because you were like, I just have to get by. Yeah. But, but then that was, that was not, that was never accepted. Nobody was like, this is the best you could do. Everybody was like, you are not living up to your potential. And I mean, they were right. You were, (laughs) yeah, you weren't. no. Not if, yeah. No, not at all. I literally just said that I brought 40s. I rebelled and did and was lazy because of the expectations that were put on. I brought 40s up to A's like in a week. So absolutely not. I wasn't living mm-hmm. up to my potential. But and you know what? I, and I think I turned, you know, I, I, I did mature in college and I changed that. Not my freshman year, but, you know, as my we discussed in another episode. as we did. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of elements to that too, which I guess we could have a whole other conversation about that. Well, which there's we, a certain which we tend to do this all the time. Have a whole other conversation about well, that, but yeah, because I did read a quote, or I was given a quote when I was in college that education is the only thing that you're willing to pay top dollar for, but accept lower quality yeah. outcome. Yeah, but that was not my perspective when I got to college, right? I mean, I mean, my fr- not my freshman, with the exception of my freshman year, right? So I graduated with a high GPA. I did well. Did you really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, freshman year? I don't year? remember what it was. No, not freshman year. Oh, no. Year. Oh, okay. No. Okay. I misheard I that. I graduated then. college with a high GPA. Okay. That's what I said. Yeah. With that said, I, I definitely valued what I was paying for more once I, once I got that maturity, you know, in my, more like in my sophomore year of college on, I definitely did way better. Now, of course my GPA kind of, my GPA was really high. Uh, when I got to my last college that I wound up graduating from, I transferred a couple of times. I went to three total, but yeah. Um, my GPA was really high. It was like a 3.7 or 3.8. <laughs> oh my God. Mine and then, was never that high. And then senior year was hard. 
like my classes were really hard so I didn't graduate with it that high like it went down so it went down like significantly but it was still high it was still good it was like a 3.4 or 3.5 or something you know still really good <laughs> it dropped significantly from a 3.7 to a 3.4 <laughs> I mean, well maybe even a 3.2 I don't know you know what I'm saying like I'm literally I don't remember how, what I graduated with but I, re- I do remember how, like making dean's list but in you know my sophomore year every semester because I went summer fall winter how does how do seasons work <laughs> <laughs> right summer right. fall I'm, winter spring I went all, all year all so year. I got yeah so I got dean's list you know a lot ex- except, for, <laughs> except for senior year I did not it was hard Senior year was just really hard for me. Uh, I was taking really hard classes, and That's I really pretty think- amazing. I never knew you hit dean's list. I I never. I didn't yeah, know I what was, dean's I was list good. was. I was good. I, didn't know I don't even think was. I knew what dean's <laughs> list was until I was graduating. I was like, why did they have the special sashes? Oh my god, that's hilarious. What is that? Oh, I didn't know that was something we were supposed to be doing. I w- I remember in my also I made dean's list smoking pot. <laughs> I never stopped smoking pot, like, you know, so I, so that perception of my freshman year of college is a little funny to me. I mean, because to me, it's like, it's not the pot. I was 17 when I arrived in, in South Carolina next to Myrtle beach. Like, are you kidding me? Of course I, (laughs) I was so immature. Um, So yeah, yeah, there was a lot to learn and experience there, but, but uh, I digress. (laughs) And as an adult, I've learned, I've met other people who partied pretty hard through college Mm -hmm. and they're pretty well adjusted, great adults and good friends and mentors of mine. Some some people just have to get it out of their system. Some people don't. Some people really enjoyed college and I sat there going, the entire time going, this is going to cost a lot. I got to find the quickest way out. I had to work, work, work. So I can get this and I can do this. I got to finish this. Cause I got to get out and I got to do this mm-hmm. and I got to do this. Yeah. And I kind of transitioned to that after my freshman year. I made so many decisions based on not wanting to have student loans that would pile up and be so like, I had a number I didn't want to go over <laughs> and I was like, I got to get out of here. Cause I got to pay this bill. Like I was so worried about the bill and now story of your life, that's the story of my life of student loans. So that's your now situation. I, that's my, that is my entire situation as student loans. So yeah. I graduated with $40,000 of student loan debt today after being out of college for 15 years, nearly 15 years, I have a hundred thousand student dollars in student loan debts <laughs> and none of the fucking fun experience of it whatsoever. <laughs> like, oh my God. I should have taken yeah. that semester abroad. I should have done that trip and mm-hmm. gone to Africa. And mm-hmm. I should have, I should have spent that spring break with the Peace Corps building wells or whatever the hell, like all yeah. of those things, all yeah, those like- humanitarian things that I really wanted to do and was like, no, cause I'm going to have to take out some more student loans and mm-hmm. it's going to cost more money and that's going to be piling on. And I need to have my student loans paid off by the time I'm 25 <laughs> and, um, or by the time I'm 30 and I, cause 
when I'm 25, I'm going to buy a house. And so that what I can get married and it's 27, I can have my first of my three oh, children. My Lord. Like, <laughs> it was just like, there was a plan and this is how it has to go. And this has to go like, like it wow. was so mapped out in my head. Oh my gosh. This is I the way. Imagine that. This is the way life is supposed to go. So I didn't have all of these fun experiences. I had some fun experiences. College was fun. If any of my college friends are listening, I love you. And we did have some, (laughs) but I missed out on a lot of other things that I did want to do because I was like, no, I can't do that because I was worried about the bill after the fact only for that to multiply to a point of no return. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, and for me, it was like, I'm, I'm actually glad that I had that experience my freshman year where I, where I, I did do a lot of fucking up my, my at coastal. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it was nearly what dad thinks I was doing. Or made it out to be. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I was not, I was smoking weed and like drinking four loco on the weekends, (laughs) you know, and, um, So it was not like crazy. So how is that different than what you're doing now at your current Right, age? right. Well, I'm definitely, I you don't drink for loco. For loco. 17 or 18, but yeah. I, and I don't drink alcohol. I, like I didn't even really drink alcohol heavy then. I didn't, I was, I've never been a big drinker. I've never loved it. You know, it's never been like, or even liked it that much, you know, even in high school, I would tell dad, Hey, we're going to a party and I'm the BD and this is where it's at. And (laughs) do you remember the time you told them that you don't, you think you're allergic to alcohol because it makes your cheeks red? I still think that. (laughs) No, that's just what alcohol does. (laughs) Really? Not, I mean, it's not not an allergic reaction. Really? I mean, I've, I like yeah. literally looked it up for a while because people would worry about me because it's excessive. Like I literally look like I'm sunburnt and I get rashes. I get patches of red all over my neck and on my chest. And, and it started specifically before loco. And we thought maybe it was like the sugar and the caffeine, da, da, da. so I, I think that that's, I, I do. I still think that's true. I, I think that there is a component of allergy and you can invalidate that all you want. But <laughs> no, it was just really funny when dad was like, so but she it told was me she true. doesn't, she it doesn't drink because she's allergic to it because her face turns red. And I was like, huh, uh, every, but that was I've true. never the thing met is, a is that person. Was true. I wasn't lying. I but truly I, believed that. That's what drives me nuts. Is like he doesn't believe me, and it you was hard to believe about time. it. <laughs> it doesn't it, make it any better because I have never, ever, ever been drinking with anyone in my time, and I've been drinking for a number of years. Um, I started drinking when I was fourteen the first time, and every single person that I've drank with, when they start to drink more. Their face turns red. That's, yeah, that's, absolutely. People that's go a little rosy cheeked. My entire face would get lobster red, and people would literally come up to me and ask me if I was okay and inform me how red I was. That's weird. That's not the normal alcohol redness. Well, I've been with you when you've been drinking and I have not seen that level of redness. Because I don't, I, once I start feeling warm, I stop. 
because I don't, I, it literally feels hot. So hot. It feels like sunburn too. It looks like sunburn. And also I've also figured out kind of what uh, kinds of drinks do it more than others. So like, okay. <clears throat> there and when is we drink, we drink wine to it. Yeah. And wine really doesn't do it to me that much. I can, uh, it does sometimes though. And I can feel it coming. And so I'll stop or I'll drink water or, or you'll see me put my hands on my face and like try to cool my face down. So, yeah, I mean, not this year though, 2022, well, I'm not drinking. I, that's my goal. No, well, we have also talked about your sensitivity to being slightly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, well, all right. <laughs> so whereas most people are like, I'm starting to feel a little drunk and that's okay. You're like, oh my God, I feel like I'm overheating because I'm getting a little warm. <laughs> I'm going to die. I must be allergic. To- <laughs> uh, oh my God. I must- <laughs> all right. I love you, but there is the possibility. There is a possibility that to some extent that may be exaggerating slightly your experience. Anybody has like evidence that one can be allergic to alcohol, please submit it. <laughs> Help me prove my point. Because you're not allergic to grapes. Yeah, but that's not alcohol. Alcohol is just fermented grapes. Well, wine. Well, then there's the fermented part. Yeah. So maybe I'm allergic to fermented grapes. Old. (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) There's a problem. I don't know, but we're going to have an answer to this. (laughs) There is a Netflix series that you can watch. Um, I don't remember the wine one. Honestly, I don't remember the beer one either. But you can get to those different ones with neat which is the bourbon one so on netflix you can watch and it will tell you about the aging process and how they ferment these things ferment <laughs> they're for a fermentation for alcohol <laughs> just a point of reference to know what the difference is there i think there's a wine one i know there's a i know there's neat which is for bourbon and i know there's a beer one i think there was a wine one these were Netflix originals on Netflix. Um, they were released. <laughs> I think they were released in like 2019 or 2020 because I definitely watched them at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> this is going back trying to remember two years uh, ago. <laughs> you're so you're gonna leave that in there too. Oh yeah. <laughs> allergy.org oh my gosh (laughs) literally looking up alcohol like allergy but like I feel like there would be a allergy to other things that contain that contain alcohol like rubbing alcohol or uh, nail polish remover like it would show up in other ways you think that like yeah but alcohol well maybe Okay. Like you can use nail polish remover and your fingers don't break out. Well, maybe it's not an allergy. It's a sensitivity. What's a sensitivity? Because this is what this says. In (laughs) contrast, wait, what? I love that we're fact checking ourselves here. In contrasting, wait, I can't read. (laughs) Let me try one more time here. Okay. Out in (laughs) (laughs) contrast. 
In contrast to flushing, irritant, and toxic reactions to alcohol, allergic reactions to alcohol are relatively uncommon. In people with alcohol allergy, as little as one milliliter of pure alcohol, equivalent to 10 milliliters of wine or a mouthful of beer, is enough to provoke severe rashes, difficulty breathing, stomach cramps, or collapse. Alcohol can increase the likelihood of severe allergic reactions from other causes like food. So, I mean, I would say I get rashy and stomach cramps, but I definitely don't but have not from breathing and I don't have, I don't clap. So I, so, and not okay, from so maybe one it's not swallow. an allergy. No, no. Also not from one swallow either. Yeah, for sure. So maybe it's not an allergy. Yeah. It's just, I'm a little sensitive to, I mean, you're, you're a little sensitive oh, to what I just, normal I mean, people like experience it. when they drink. That well, is valid. I don't think, I think that maybe it's more like I'm a little more sensitive than normal people because I because there is that fact that people have come up to me with a concern for me because there literally is a physical change in my in my appearance so I do think that I'm more sensitive to alcohol than other people so I've definitely been around you when you've been drinking and I've seen you do the face thing where you like have your hands in your face because you're feeling warm and not seeing that manifestation where I'm like, oh my God, are yeah, you because okay? I've never gotten like to that point with you. I stopped doing that way early because it really, it does not feel good. Okay. I mean, and you can just not like drinking. That's okay. You don't have I to. I don't. <laughs> no, that's okay. That could just be a me thing. Um, Just like weed is a you thing. It's a me thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You for grab sure. your And weed, no judgment either. Line. Like I've got no judgment for people who drink who who don't have a drinking problem <laughs> who don't have a drinking problem um, um i have definitely felt a little judgment from you because i drink and you smoke i've definitely felt a little judgment from you because i smoke smoke and yeah and you don't yeah and i have certainly passed judgment on you for smoking in the past yeah and i have probably passed judgment on you for thinking in the past but I think that we have both evolved and moved on from I hope so to circle back to our topic of the conversation which is some of our resentments I think that there have certainly been times and periods in our relationship where there's been tension between us that have come from those external sources that have built that internal resentment like your position of believing because people told you that I was great at school and all these other things, like be more like Cheryl. And and, and as we just found out, I was the better student. You were the better student. And you didn't even know what it was. Yeah. I was like, what? (laughs) No, thanks. I'm just trying to survive and get a degree and get out. (sighs) You were. And again, like I said, I think it came easier to you than it came for me. And my my commitment to conforming and try and I think because of our upbringing and living with someone who was not going to conform to any of the rules and restrictions and not take responsibility I overcompensated Mm -hmm. by being like I can do everything I can so I can grow up and be normal I want to be I want to be as close to what we're supposed to be as possible and I'm going to should all over my life And I did in a lot of ways and I have conformed and there's resentment 
about that being kind of that pressure being put upon me. I have come to a place where I don't resent you because you don't. There is kind of an awe because, oh, that's so cool. Like she doesn't, she doesn't have that same burden that I feel. Yeah. I I mean, you've always been so supportive of me and my weird directions in life. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like I live vicariously in some ways of that's so cool. Look at what she's doing. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, the thing is, is I think that the, the, the view of me being, becoming responsible for your own life and for your own self looks different for you than it does for me. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like I'm taking responsibility because it doesn't look the same as the way you did or the way somebody else does or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's foreign to like, you know, it's like our older family members, you know, and, and yeah, you, re- I mean, you have been my cheerleader from the get-go, you know, like even when I was going to school for teaching special ed, basically is, you know, with my psychology degrees is kind of where I was mm-hmm. going with that. Didn't someone call you and say, don't tell her not to do it. So yeah, a teacher in our family said, mm-hmm tell her not to pursue teaching. Yeah. And you were like, no, I'm not going to do that because it doesn't pay well. And I was like, well, I graduated with an accounting degree going the practical route because it was supposedly going to pay well and I'm miserable and I'm not going to tell her to not do what you did and what you built a career out of because it doesn't pay well. Like you can't yeah. chase a dollar yeah. in your career. And I think that's kind I've of been everybody's struggle with how I come yeah. at life. I have not been chasing the highest paying job, the high, highest paying career. I've been chasing experience and wanting right. to live life. And I think that is so for, like dad literally told me many years ago, like you have to have a good job because you have Maserati taste. And I was like, no, dude, you have Maserati taste. I want to travel the world and I want to see but that is expensive in there. Absolutely. Ideas. But, but, but I can do that as I go a little bit more easily because, you know, you get something like a Maserati and it costs a shit ton of money. So you have to put a lot of time into making that money or a lot of time into paying that car off. And I, because travel is my, where I spend money, I don't ever have to worry about staying in one place and staying somewhere long enough, uh, like to take care, to pay things off like that. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, and I think if you're like your vision of a trip to Italy, for example, because that's something that most people can like see, right? Your trip to Italy is you're willing to go to a hostel or a Airbnb and you're willing to just walk the streets of Italy and Mm -hmm. see Italy for what it is. You're not going to be like, oh, well, I have to go on the tour of this. Yeah. I have to stay at this hotel. I have to have this meal plan. I have to go to these restaurants. I have to go, I have to see this, these touristy things. You want to go and be like, nah, I just want to go to that. Like, I, I can go s- hike that mountain. 
I want to go hike that, that mountain. I just want to have one bowl of pasta in Mama Z's kitchen. Right. I don't need to go to that restaurant. I'm just going to meet someone and be like, yeah, I'll have dinner with you. Like, let's break bread. Mm-hmm. So you're so. So for me, a trip to Italy is okay. I have to get a reservation and potentially a vehicle and I have to have a plan mm-hmm. of where I'm going to eat and yeah. I have to do all the, like, it, well, I can't mm-hmm. go to Italy if I'm not going to go do a wine tasting <laughs> and like, yeah. and this is what that's going to cost. And your trip is nah, I got my backpack and we're going to do mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. as long as I go during a nice enough time of year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Let's get there. Definitely. Yeah. And that's, that, mm-hmm. and that's how I've traveled the country. I haven't, I, I have gone, I've only been out of the country one time, which was really, really cool. Um, um, but, but yeah, but that, that is totally how I've traveled and, and I love it. And I've had really cool, awesome experiences that I wouldn't trade for anything, you know, and totally worth the minimal amount of money that I spent. Like, let's be serious. Let's look at how much money like dad and Jean probably just spent on their road trip compared to how much I spent on my cross country road trip. Right. And like, they drove a fraction of what I, drove. you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Just because we have different they needs east of the Mississippi, I guess. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, different needs, I guess, you know, and you'll sleep in a car and they're not. No. No. And I mean, I think that's, and I'm somewhere in the middle of that because no, I don't need to stay at the Hilton wherever I go, but I need to have some security. And I resent the fudge out of my Hawaii trip because I spent so much money on it, on renting the car on the, like staying there. And there are so much of the experience. Like I look at the pictures, I'm like, oh, that should have been, I wish I could have enjoyed that experience more without worrying about the money. I mean, the same as what we were talking about with college. I wish I could have experienced the moments and been present more if I wasn't so worried about the cash that it was costing me. Mm -hmm. So I think there, there's definitely a, and I think that's part of what's been put upon you. And part of why you haven't been taken as seriously, mm-hmm. which is what we were like the initial of why. And so how has that reflected like your opinion of me? Has there been that? And maybe not consciously, maybe it has been just like unconscious. You have that jealousy of me because I am taken more seriously than you are, whether fair or not. It's- I mean, yeah, it has definitely, I, I mean, I'm sure it affected me as a, when I was younger too, but I mean, even today, you know, there's, I could never ask dad for help with a down payment on a house because there's no, there's just no way. And you can, right. Because you have the secure full-time job and you have, or you could, I don't know. There was you more could. of a, we want to help you to do this conversation. Yeah, they would not, that would not have been our conversation. It would not have been an, I want to help you with this conversation. It would have been like, we want you to be independent and we want you to take care of this on your own because you're irresponsible and you fuck around and you go for it. Like they don't say that you're irresponsible part. They do say we want you to be more independent, but, and they still to this day, like, and I have been, which is insane to me. Like, 
it's just, they still have this view of me and like, no matter how long I'm independent and on my own and across the country and all this mm-hmm. stuff, like I haven't gone through my, I haven't not. You're still smoking weed though. So you're still, oh, that's that horrible. 17, that's horrible. You're still yeah. that 17 year old so girl totally who's just partying your life away yeah. because yeah. you're there's this view of me that I like this that I'm living this love what is it what is that drugs sex sex, rock and roll drugs second drugs sex and rock and roll wow we sound dumb but yeah drugs sex rock and roll yeah no not love drugs drugs sex and rock and roll yeah I don't think that's how the saying goes but okay yeah but the the, but the rock and roll thing it was a song that I'm specifically referencing the song and that saying you win that one um Sorry, I didn't mean to attack you. Okay. No, I'm I'm conceding. You're right. Oh, okay, okay. I'm conceding. Um, what do I know? I don't have. What do I know? You don't. I don't live drugs, drugs legs, sex, rock and sex roll or rock and roll. No, I'm just <laughs> I have any of those things in my life. Well, and like so, occasionally some rock and roll. <laughs> so I guess Dad probably thinks he's a pro on recognizing that lifestyle because he. He's the one that lived that lifestyle. And, and it probably started with him with smoking weed and drinking a little bit here and there. And like that mm-hmm. freaked him. Well, fuck that's out the gateway drug. Yeah. So, court, and, and you know, and like there's varying opinions about that. I don't have a full, I don't have like a solid stance in that either. For me, it, it wasn't like, you know, never. And I think that's so hard for him to grasp that like I can smoke weed and take care of myself. Honestly. A lot of times smoking weed is taking care of myself, depending on the situation. You know, sometimes I'm smoking weed to get high. Sometimes I'm smoking weed to help my stomachs because, you know, like there's different uses for it. And that is so hard for him to grasp because that is not his perspective. When I was talking to Uncle Steven earlier, and I don't know if I said this um, to you before, but I when I was talking to him, I was like, well, for me, there's so many health benefits to me drinking a bottle of wine. And I was like, and now I sound like Missy and weed. Um, (laughs) We had a good laugh about it. And he was like, what are the health benefits? Is it red wine? Because it lowers your blood (laughs) cholesterol. And I was like, no, but like, I don't sleep more than four hours a night consecutively. Like if I drink a bottle of wine, I will sleep tonight. Even if I like finish the bottle of wine now and I go to bed in two hours I will still sleep more soundly and my digest, my digestion and stuff. It does help me to like poop, poop. (laughs) I can poop better when I drink wine than if I don't. And he was like, oh, okay, well, that's good for you. Then you should drink a bottle of wine occasionally. Like that's what, and I was like, yeah, I sound like Missy in the health benefit. (laughs) Like I'm justifying my habits more so than. And I know that that's how dad would see it. You're just justifying mm-hmm. your habit. Yeah, versus... right. Because he can't understand any other perspective. Not to say no I don't get addicted gonna... to other things. Like I get addicted to podcasts. I get addicted to TV shows, <laughs> you know, but like, or certain cookies. I am not <laughs> like, I don't have that addictive personality. I did with shopping. Shopping was my heart. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, you kind of had a shopping issue for a minute. Yeah, there was a like I was having a problem with that for a while. It was a phase like, probably more like though for you. And I had to like cut myself off. I had to move physically away from the mall. And I then everything to, went online. 
which I don't enjoy online shopping the same as, at least for myself. Now, Amazon has made it so, and the good thing about online shopping is I can fill my cart and empty it. (laughs) And I was doing that with catalogs for a while. Like I would get catalogs and I just circle and be like, I just need to, I just need to scratch this itch and circle stuff. I can throw out the catalog and it's fine, but I just need to scratch the itch. And I I think online shopping helps with that because I do, I can fill up my Amazon cart and be like, oh, if I could, I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. (laughs) Pinterest and Amazon, my wish list that has helped scratch that itch. Oh, yeah. Because that wish list thing is like, ho, ho, (laughs) I have a wish list and I do have, I don't have maserati taste i just want a house and here are all the things that i would fill in it <laughs> yeah so confirming again i mean the, there are there's also like truth to we want different things people are different and that's right hey okay. it's okay and it's and okay taking care like, of your I don't want those things yeah and taking care of your responsibilities and can manifest in different ways I mean, and it does. I mean, like, I I love dogs. I think they're amazing. They're wonderful. I would love to have a puppy. I don't want that responsibility. No, you don't. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't don't want to walk a dog. I don't want to have to pay for their food and their vet bills. And because cats, you don't have to take to the vet nearly as often as you do with dogs. Like, I just. I'm getting kind of worried about my cat. He's been grooming a lot, like extra. I need to text my pocket. Well, it's about to be like summertime, so it could just be like shedding. It's been like extra, it's and she's been like scratching extra and getting like scabby because she's scratching so much. So I just I need to huh. out to Natasha and see if it's something that like she's done before. If if it's like that, like you just said, like a seasonal thing, or mm-hmm. um, if it's like something that I should be worried about. Or if it, this was the thing that she was having trouble with with her food in the past, like it's the, you know, hopefully I don't have yeah. to go through all that. Like so, anyway, or just the door and opening the door more, or which I have been doing. Today is an exception because I was worried about, yeah, because I was worried about them kind of being in here and right starting whimpering at me in the middle of stuff. Right. But that could be why the grooming more because there's more anxiety because she's having to socialize, which is not necessarily oh, bad. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe that does correlate with me opening the door more often lately. And that's not and that necessarily she- bad. Like maybe you just need to deal with that. Like she needs to get over. Yeah, it. I, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. She, she does. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying my best. <laughs> mm-hmm. I understand. Um, I mean, my daughter complains every day about having to go to school. Can I just skip school today, please? Why can't I just take a day off? And yeah, it breaks my heart that she has to go through that anxiety of going to a school she doesn't like. But sorry for your bad luck, kid. You're just going to have to figure out and adjust and get over it. Life is full of things you don't want to do. Well, is that our situation? I think that's our situation. (laughs) So you don't resent me? No, I don't. I don't resent you. 
I think anymore. there definitely were some in the past. Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely, definitely some, in some in the past. And, and, but I think that we also covered uh, some new ground today, you know, and recently yeah. with that, with that kind of thing and, and kind of broke down some things where that came from in the past and, and why, and, um, yeah. And, ex- and external sources can play such a huge role mm-hmm. on some of the, on, I think sibling rivalry as a whole so much comes from those external sources. Oh, a whole nother topic. Right. Topics within topics within topics. <laughs> so like people who don't necessarily relate to one-on-one with us, there's still siblings out there that could be listening and be like, you know what? Like, let's look at how. How are we compared? How are we like right. presenting each other? Maybe I don't hate my brother. I hate mm. the perception of how I measure up against my brother because of what so our grown up said. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our situation. So there it is. So no There's... more. So past resentments, no more, but we can still break them down to continue the healing. And if anybody can learn something from us, just one person, that's where I'm like and subscribe and And download and tell your friends and all that good stuff yes and check out my amazing sister and her and the the links on our website to her yoga adventures my super irresponsible yoga (laughs) career Yes, the super <laughs> irresponsible yoga career. Let's get check her real, out. I'm an awesome yoga teacher, so you really should. You should check me she out. She really for the is. plug. <laughs> she is a great yoga instructor, and you should definitely check out her link and see when her next virtual opportunity is, or if you are in Cali, where you can see her in person, living life and San Diego. You can join a class virtually or get some private lessons with the great conscious yoga. And I love you. Thank you. I love you. Thanks for listening, guys.